Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The 42nd edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. Black holding high, goes to Darty. Darty in the double team, gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Rebounded by Weber. Michigan out of timeout. Weber front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout. Technical foul. timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. Ed Corbett says he can run the baseline. Hands in the ball. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to him. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. Made. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Matthews off the mark. And this year, the confetti... It's going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony back with you guys today. We got a game to preview. Carolina officially opens the Hubert Davis era tomorrow night. 7 o'clock in the Smith Center against Loyola of Maryland. We will preview that game, give you a little bit of background on the Greyhounds, talk about Carolina entering the game, give our keys to the game, predict the game and all that. We have some closing notes, but before we do any of that, we start with the pod thought of the day, and it's simple. It is the foundation of of what Carolina basketball represents, what Carolina basketball is. I tweeted out before every Carolina basketball game because I believe when Carolina plays hard, they play smart, and they play together. Most nights it's hard to beat the Tar Heels. Dean Smith, of course, coined that phrase back when he was coaching the Tar Heels. So that is our pod thought of the day to get the season officially underway. I talked to you guys on Friday night following Carolina's 83-55 exhibition win over Elizabeth City State. Anthony was not on the podcast, but we're going to give him the chance now to kind of give him his thoughts on how Carolina looked the first time officially, uh, unofficially, officially under Hubert Davis. I mean, look, it definitely looked a little bit different for sure. Uh, more space on the floor, no doubt about it. Uh, I felt, you know relatively confident in what I saw out there, but there's still some things that definitely have to be cleaned up. It's still a team that looks like it's going to definitely struggle um, to slow down three-point shooting teams. That's that's something that they definitely have to get better at. Um, and, and I still think it's a team that I think you, you've talked about it. I think rebounding is something that is going to be a little bit of a concern um, but we'll see. That That's stuff that has to get ironed out uh, at the start of the season. I still think that this is a team, though, that looks like they're ready to play hard for their head coach. You definitely don't see a team that's timid, um, that looks like a team that's, oh, well, we're going to be working in a first-time head coach. And this was a team that when they turned it on, they were able to pull away pretty easily. So that, I mean, and again, this is a Division II team. This is not a team that's that's going to be great. But the other thing to remember is that Elizabeth City State did play an exhibition game before this. This was Carolina's first, although they had the scrimmage against Florida. 
although no Dawson Garcia in that mm. one as well. So different team that was out there. Um, but, you know, I, I, I still feel like there are definitely some things that, that need to be ironed out as they head into uh, the season opener. Granted, against a team in uh, Loyola, Maryland, who should be very beatable. Yeah, I mean, I'll reiterate what I said the other night. I thought Carolina gave you a taste of what they can be but they also left a lot to be desired, which I think every head coach in that situation is they want to see some potential, but it's it's the it's a good chance for them to see, okay, what do we got to work on when the season gets underway? They're defending the way they want to play pick-and-roll defense. They're still working through that. Some, some miscommunications allowed to some Elizabeth City shooters to be left wide open from three. In the ACC season, those guys are going to knock those shots down, and that game's going to be different. Carolina rebounded the ball very well, 49-28, to 28, 19 offensive rebounds, but just 19 second chance points. If you're going to get that high volume of offensive rebounds, you would like to see you getting more than one point per second chance uh, when, when you do collect an offensive board, but, you know, a lot of a lot of good things. You saw the subtle change with the floor spacing. You saw Brady Manick and Dawson Garcia and Armando Baycott take and make perimeter shots, which is something that I think, especially for Mondo, was important for him to, in a game setting, be given a look at a three-point shot, take the shot, and then eventually make the shot. So it was a lot of a lot of good. The bad that showed up, or not the bad, but just the things that they got to work on is something that they needed. They didn't need to go out and leave nothing to be desired. They needed to leave something on the table for Hubert Davis and the staff to to nitpick uh, getting ready for to, uh, to this game against Loyola. And they did that, um, and it was just a good, solid way to unofficially kick off the Hubert Davis era. They will officially do that, though, as I mentioned earlier, tomorrow night in the Smith Center against the Loyola of Maryland Greyhounds. They hail from the Patriot League. 6-11 and last year in a, in a short 2020-21 season. Like many small conferences, they just played a conference-only schedule. But despite going 6-11, and they did make the Patriot League tournament final. They were on the verge of making the NCAA tournament with the losing record. Big part of that was the fact they lost. They had a first-round draft pick and uh, Santi Aldmada, who left for the NBA and was picked in the first round of the NBA the first time in a few years. The Patriot League has produced a uh, first-round talent. I believe it's only the third time in the history of the Patriot League that they have done hmm. just that. Uh, but they do return a senior guard, Jalen Andrews, averaged 11.5 points per game last year, five rebounds, two and a half assists, and Kenneth Jones, who averaged a little over five points. They do bring back junior forward Cam Spencer, who averaged 10 points per game, four and a half rebounds, and three assists. They have also played an exhibition like Carolina has in leading up to the game. They beat Division Three John Hopkins the other night, 60-49. Dang, and, I didn't even know John Ho- Johns Hopkins had a basketball program. Yeah, man. Hey, look, th- that might be the only school in the country that their basketball program is funded by what they do on the lacrosse field. But, look, they still got Hoopers. <laughs> yeah, they still got them. Um, and, and an interesting note about Loyola of Maryland, they have five international players on the roster. That would be really great if Fran Frischilla was on the on the, the, the broadcast because Fran would have a nugget about every single one of those guys. With this game being on the ACC Network, 
that's not going to be the case. But this is a formidable opponent for Carolina. Um, I think it was I think it was a, the smart move by the ACC in the league office to not start the season with an ACC game. Really benefits Carolina as they're trying to bring in this brand new system, brand new philosophy. Um, you know, you're looking at the size, they've got three guys on their roster, six ten or taller. You know, entering the game, Carolina's going to have the height advantage. They're going to be far superior, athletic, faster, stronger. Every metric that you measure in terms of uh, athleticism, Carolina is going to be, um, you know, better at than, than Loyola. But this is college basketball. And I said it, I've said it all since we've had the podcast. It's the most unpredictable sport we have in the United States. You never know what is going to happen. We are in store for a crazy season like we've seen in other college sports with the super seniors coming back. You add in the transfer portal aspect. There's just so much unknown that this is a game that for Carolina, while you're you're, you're far and away the better team, you've still got to come ready to play because you know your opponent is going to put their whole entire season into this one matchup. I mean, yeah, I, I definitely think this is a game that you should feel confident going in that you can win. I mean, you, you, you've had much tougher openers, I think, each of the last two years than this one. Even the College of Charleston a year ago was a better team than this one, mainly because, look, this is a team that fought hard last year, almost made it to the NCAA tournament, but you lost a first-round pro- first player. And when you're talking about some of these smaller mid-major schools – those are big blows to teams when you lose those types of talents. Now, I still feel like this is going to be a team that's going to come in and play hard. Um, I mean, look, if you can shoot the three against this team, I still think you're going to be able to have some decent success because it still looks yep. like that's an area, especially early on, that they're going to have to be able to uh, – they've got to find a way to slow it down, but it might be something you have to live with out of the gate. They're going to have to counteract that on the offensive end. But this is a game where you feel confident that your guys are going to be able to get into a rhythm. This is the perfect game for you to be able to figure out what some of those transfers are going to be able to bring to you, what their roles are exactly going to be. Um, you know, it'll allow Brady Manick, Dawson Garcia to get settled in. They're playing in the Smith Center, so it's their first official game there. You would expect I, – I would – think it's going to probably be a sold-out game. I mean, I know it's a weeknight game, but I still feel like this will probably be a sold-out game. The, the one the other night, look, pretty impressive. There were, you know, the, 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 some a few people up top, but the whole lower bowl was was filled. So there was excitement. And, and, and for an exhibition game against a Division II school, sometimes uh, the attendance isn't the greatest for those games. So I feel like, you know, this this will be a little bit different for them. It's their first game. There'll be a little bit of nerves to start the season, but this is a chance for them to settle in. And I feel like this is a game where you get you're, you're going to see the mindset of the two guards that we've talked about so much. Are Caleb Love and R.J. Davis taking that aggressive mindset that we want them to take to drive the basket? Because this is a team that is not going to be able to keep up with you off the bounce. You you don't think that they should be able to because, I mean, this is just not a team that's on the same talent level as you. So can you find a way to be able to get inside, score those easy buckets, and look – 
I mean, they weren't perfect the other night at the free throw line, but 24-30 is pretty damn good, especially for the struggles they've had the last couple of years at the free throw line. You want to see more of that in this game going forward. Be aggressive. Take it to the rim because when you do, good things are going to happen. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of things. We'll, we'll break on that. We'll, we'll talk about that later when we officially break down the game and give our keys to the game. For the Carolina side of things, there are some interesting notes and nuggets. Uh, Hubert Davis will officially become the first African-American head coach in the history of Carolina basketball. Certainly a significant moment uh, for the program. He'll also become the fourth former Tar Heel to coach Carolina after playing at UNC, joining uh, Reynolds Cuthbertson, Monk McDonald, who was on the 1924 National Championship team. And, of course, our guy, Matt Doherty, member of the 1982 National uh, National Championship team, guest on the former uh, Roy's Boys podcast, looking to get Coach back on sometime in the near future. Um, Technically, Roy Williams does qualify for that. They play on the varsity, though. Not on the varsity, but was a JV guy. And wore number 14. I actually have that jersey at home. And that was because you asked that question uh, on one of the Roy Williams Live That's edition what I to the pod I, uh, I, of the uh, show. I bring the investigative journalism to the Four Corners podcast. There we go. There we go. So, yes, Roy Williams fits that. But, unfortunately, Roy uh, not didn't didn't quite have the game to get up to the varsity level like these other guys did. Some other notes, Carolina will be looking for their 100th all-time win in their season openers. They are 99 and 12 overall, not too shabby in that department. They have played Loyola one time. They beat them back in 1947, 64 to 47. I would like a little bit more comfortable of a win yes. in this one for um, sure. And speaking of the season openers, Carolina has won 16 straight. The last time they dropped the season opener was a 2004-2005 opener to Santa Clara. Of course, that team went on to win the national championship. They've also won 19 straight uh, home openers as well. Last time they lost at home to begin the season was when they lost to Hampton under the aforementioned Matt Doherty. Well, we're going to take a quick break. Here is this week's ad from DraftKings. When we come back, we'll give our keys to the game, break down the game, and then officially pick the game before we do get out of here. The NHL season is underway, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they like the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with the promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager is required. Only one per customer. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
There you go, guys. Really hope you are taking a great advantage of all these great offers that we've been giving you during the football, basketball, hockey season um, from, time, from time to time. So make sure you get over to DraftKings Sportsbook uh, today. You know, make your deposit, make your wagers, and make sure you cash in on all these great prizes. So let's get to our keys to the game as, as we break this thing down. And I think, you know, what's the recipe for success for a small mid-major looking to make an upset or, or, or commit an upset on the road? Usually, because they don't lack the size, they don't lack the strength, they got shooters on the perimeter that are going to make and take a lot of three-point shots. Carolina has been suspect of their three-point defense to last really three to five years specifically. Remember when when Carolina got upset by Wofford a few years ago? A lot of three-pointers went in, the, went in that night. Loyola's not Wofford, but you have to imagine that their game plan is going to be able to beat Carolina from the perimeter, which we saw the other night. Elizabeth City State was able to get some open looks from the perimeter. They just weren't able to knock them down. So the first thing I said was defend the three. And I thought Carolina showed a lot of different things defensively the other night with picking up the pressure a little bit upper, a little bit further up the court. We saw... We saw a little 2-3 zone out of Hubert Davis, which I, I kind of got geeked out about because I'm not a big zone guy, but I felt like when he went to it, it was the right you can, thing. You to, could become a big zone guy I, oh, if it works. Yes, I can. Yeah. I can become a big zone guy. You if, can be pers- persuaded. As long as it – uh, as long as it, you know, you're taking away the dribble drive. And look, there were some times Carolina where Carolina got beat off the bounce. But as long as you rebound the ball out of the zone, you'll never hear me complain as long as you're getting defensive stops. You look at Syracuse's zone, we we beat them up on the offensive glass because the zone is suspect to re, uh, offensive rebounds. But the first thing you got to do is defend the three. And I thought following up with that, Carolina's going to dictate the way this game is played defensively. They've got to set the tone on the defensive end. You're going to be able to get whatever you want on the offensive end. They, there should never be a possession where Loyola takes you out of what you want to do. should never happen. But you've got to bring that same mindset defensively, not be relaxed because you – they're good enough. They're going to be good enough to make shots. They've got a senior guard. They made their conference tournament final a year ago. They're looking to build off of that. So the first key to the game: defend the three, set the tone defensively. Yeah, I mean they have to be able to do that because, as you mentioned, that's a, that's a recipe for upsets. You said what three guys that are six ten or bigger? That's yeah. it. So this is a small roster. This is not a bit. So it's going to be a team that's going to shoot a lot of perimeter jump shots. Carolina's got to be prepared for that. I think the multiple looks is a good thing. I think again, they what you saw the other night, and you'll see early on is they're still learning how to play those multiple looks. Things are going to get changed up. Yeah. They're not used to that. They're used to playing one system, and and that's how most high school teams play too. You play one system. You're not going to switch back and forth. Not in my day. Man, we, we ran – we ran like eight defenses, and, and yeah, what, and you were watching them all from the stands. I was telling them what to do, yeah, though. That's, that's doesn't it. that count? That's it. I was sideline coaching. I was sideline coach guy. Not good. By the way, y'all brought that up on your show the other day on WFNZ in Charlotte. I felt personally attacked because I am sideline coach guy. Which, you are sideline coach guy. Which which confirms what we've believed over the years. Once we learned the term, we are in fact chatch. It's true. It's true. Um. But I mean, and I'm not, I'm not overly concerned about it. This isn't like, look, they let up nine threes the other night. 
I mean, Elizabeth City State was 9 of 26. This wasn't like they let up like 16, 17, and we're sitting here like, whoa, this my, is a huge concern. My, my thing with the threes, if, if, if you force them to take a three and they make the three. Yeah, nothing you can do I'm, about it. Yeah. Okay. That's that's going to happen. Shooting is at a point now where it don't matter what level of basketball in Division One, guys are going to make tough shots. I mean, we've seen it a couple of times over the last few years. It always seems like there's at least one or two opponents where no matter what Carolina does, some some guy that you probably never heard of is going to go off, and you're just going to sit there and say, well, there's nothing we can do about it. The thing I don't want to see is the lackadaisical in a rotation. You don't pick up the ball in transition. Yeah, yep. Those type of threes, that's what I want to see taken away. If they want to bomb 43s and they make 10 or 12 of them, that's not an effective field goal percentage. But if they take 28 or 33s and they make 10 or 12 of them, well, all of a sudden, you you could see them being in the game in the second quarter. It's not it's not the threes that they make; it's the threes that they take that I want. To, is what I want to see. Oh man, dictate. I like that. You one like there. that? That was that was definitely sideline coach speak, and I'm digging it. Put that on a t-shirt I'm somewhere. Digging it. I'm digging it. Um, the second thing I put on, and I and I was really impressed with R.J. Davis the other night, was the tempo. Yeah, that that which, was something that which, was for sure. For I sure. get to tell you something that I I love to tell you more than anything. You were wrong, sir. I asked Adam Lucas point blank, is Carolina going to play in the half court or are they going to run? Adam Lucas said uh, they're going to run. And you saw that the other night, especially with R.J. Davis. And we felt like this last year where he had a better feel of when to push the ball and when not to push the ball. I got into a little bit of an argument on Twitter the other night. Shocking. Where Shocking. He, he pushed the ball to the free throw line, took the shot. And I get, and all I said was that if, if you're going to do that, you got to make the shot. And the guy was like, well, that's a good shot. And it, it was a good shot, but it wasn't a great shot because you ain't even waiting until in season to start getting into arguments with fans. I, this is going to be a long year for you fans on Twitter. <laughs> oh, man. I, I believe, like most people believe, that a great shot comes after the ball has been moved around. So I don't have a problem with him forcing the issue. The problem's going to be if, if that's a big part of his game, like with Kobe White, Kobe White made that shot more often than not. I don't mind him doing that, but you got to make the shot. But I thought overall Carolina got the ball up the floor. You saw Dawson Garcia grab a rebound. Hey, I'm going to take the ball up the court, and then we're going to get yeah. into our offense. And you, when, when he gives that handoff, and he's slipping. Well, now Carolina's into their action. And so it's dictating the tempo. Carolina it wants to run, which is music to my ears because, well, I need them to run. But it's a, it's not allowing Loyola to make this a half-court game, grinding out the shot clock. we got to get this game up and down the court, get them into foul trouble, and wear them out early in that first half. Yeah, I mean, I'll admit it. I'm wrong from watching, especially the other night. I thought with the guys that you were bringing in, just from watching – Manic and, and, and the little bit that I saw of Darcy Garcia. I'm going to be honest with Garcia. I didn't watch a ton of him last year. Like, I saw him in our game. I saw him in a couple games early. Was that he, team wasn't great. Was he not the best player on the floor at times the other night? He he looked really damn good. I, I'm, I, I was shocked because when we came out of the late-night scrimmage, I said, this he's he's got some things he's definitely got to work on. The other night, I said to myself, He looks smooth. If this guy starts... I, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to argue with he, it. He I like 
I like Manic a lot though too. Oh. So I think I mean that's the thing is both of these guys. I think you're already gaining really good confidence in them, and neither one of them the other night looked lost in this system. Some of the transfers, you see them, they're not going to be all that comfortable in the system right out of the gate. It's just, it's part of it. We've seen it on the football field. There's guys that have transferred in. They don't look the same that they looked in other places because it's it's a different mindset. It's a different coaching staff, everything like that. These guys look really, really comfortable in the system already. And I think that was the scary part was because we saw this a couple years ago. Now, granted, those were guys coming up from mid-majors to play. Christian Keeling, Justin Pierce, it was very obvious early on and really even throughout pretty much the entirety of the season, Keeling had his moments late on. They never looked comfortable in the system. Yep. You knew they were going to struggle. You look at these guys now and you you feel pretty confident that, man, these guys are going to be able to make an early impact as well. But back to the tempo, I mean, yeah, that's... That's what R.J. Davis has to do. Mm -hmm. That's when he's going to play at his best is when he is going to speed it up and be aggressive. That is the key to his success is aggressive mindset. There were too many times last year where he looked hesitant as a freshman to push the floor and try to make plays. Part of that was because the turnover issues. And that was, look, they turned it over 15 times still the other night. It's better, but it's still not great. You want to see that number continue to get cut down. 12. But here's the thing. If he's going to turn the ball over two or three times a game but keep that aggressive mindset, I'll live with it because that's when he's at his best. And for this team to be as good as we want them to be, that's the key to your success is that guy. Caleb Love is huge. Armando Baycott's huge. If R.J. Davis is not uh, uh, does not take a pretty significant step from last year, this is not going to be a great basketball team. It will make you feel a lot better that Adam Lucas did say he did think that R.J. Davis benefited the most from the coaching change of any player on the roster, something that we both agreed to earlier in the season. The last go, thing I, I put on here is the most important in, in every game Carolina is going to play for the history of mankind, and that's to win the rebounding battle. And that was the biggest thing that I was anxious to see on Friday night was how was Carolina going to rebound? What emphasis was going to be in the rebounding department? Because I believe that that is the single – outside of making shots, that is the single most important aspect to winning the game. If you grab defensive rebounds, well, now you're not giving your opponent – second chance opportunities. If you grab offensive rebounds, and how many times under Roy Williams, that was Carolina's best offense, do you have the chance to beat up your opponent in that capacity? Carolina should win the rebounding battle. That's not... It's, no it's what I mentioned earlier with Elizabeth City State. Attack the offensive glass, but be more efficient on your second chance um, opportunities. If you're going to have 20-some-odd offensive rebounds, which this kind of what we expect in these types of games, you want to see the point, the second chance points be well above one per offensive rebound. Yeah, I, I mean, for sure. That that was an issue last year with, that, with, with the team as well. They couldn't finish those second chance opportunities. You're going to want to see that, and, and, and it's got to be better starting now and moving forward because – this can't be an issue when you turn around and play conference games later in the year. Even before that, this can't be an issue when you play Purdue. Because Purdue, if you're not careful, they will beat you up on the glass. They've got size. They always have. 
So size matters. I, I mean, look, they, Dave. I mean, there there were some guys that did some really good things the other night. I mean, they still ten offensive rebounds for Elizabeth City State. D2 school, I'd like, I mean... I wasn't happy with that. You would feel like... I was grinding my gears. You want to see Carolina dominate those. But, I mean, look, there were some good there, there were some good nights on the glass, for sure. Um, nobody finished with double-digit rebounds, which, again, I mean, you know, the times were, were cut a little bit. You had guys that were playing a little bit more than maybe they'll they'll even play to start the season. But I, I, I liked what I saw. I mean, Brady Manick looked all right. But, I, I, I mean, Dawson Garcia... Looked pretty good on the offensive glass for sure. Wasn't, I mean, he only had one defensive rebound, but he had four offensive rebounds. So the aggressiveness to his game. And then the guy that I thought looked really, really good that deserves to be talked about here uh, when it came to the offensive, when it came to the glass was Leaky Black. Mm. You see a guy that is going to be more committed to try to get rebounds. That's the thing that I think is going to be a little bit strange about this team. They're not as big as they've been before. They're going to have guys that are going to be stretch bigs. So the rebounding, I think, is going to come from a multitude of different guys. You're not going to see the Dayron Sharps, the Bryce Johnsons. You're not going to see the guys that are going to have 12, 15 rebounds. There may be a game here or there with that. church ball, 12 to 15 rebounds a night. as a guard with a bum knee, sure. Um, but I, I mean, look, this is still going to be a team that I think rebounding is going to be reinforced. Yep. There are a lot of things that Hubert Davis is keeping in place with the Carolina culture. Rebounding will definitely still be a part of that. You want, I mean, you, you want some of these guys to be a little more consistent than they've been maybe to this point in their career. Maybe ma- ma- mainly Brady Manick. You want to see him rebound a little bit more because he's going to play so much. Yeah. But I definitely feel like. This is a team in this game. I think most of the mid-major games the other night showed they should control the glass. Maybe not as dominant as they've been in some years past, but they should. I I am not a hundred percent confident yet that they're going to be able to dominate the way they have in conference play. Just yet, yeah, we'll see. Well, for that to we'll happen, find out early in the year. It's going to be a team effort where your guards are are chipping in, like right. like what Kenny Williams did, a guy that would go get you four, five, six rebounds on a night when you needed that to help out rebound that opponent. And look, Leaky Black, Justin McCoy, Justin had six McCoy, rebounds off the bench. Like Dontrez Styles had five in six minutes. Like I think that's going to be an aspect, and and I'm not saying he's going to play a ton. I think we're going to see that. I think there's enough there. He he's an aggressive enough player. He's going to force his way on the court. He's going to play. There's there's going to be some minutes where he's going to play, and 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 that's that's something you should be excited about. I didn't write this down as a key to the game because it's not really a key to the game. The most probably the most exciting thing that I'm excited to see officially is how the rotation takes form. The other night. And look, he said it was by design the way he did the rotation. You didn't see Leaky Black until the under-12 timeout of the first half. You started Love, Davis, Walton, Garcia, and Baycott. You brought uh, Manic off the bench. You brought other guys off the bench as well. Didn't see Anthony Harris until the second half come into the game. What does now, – now that, now that it matters – now that you're you're playing for wins and losses, what does the rotation look like? Does he stick with the same lineup that we saw the other night? I was kind of shocked that it was 
Garcia. I was more surprised. I, it, I'm going to be honest. I was kind of shocked, and look, it was kind of the way the game played out, and it did, ultimately didn't matter. If Kerwin Walton's going to start, you got to be more productive than what he did the other night. But you know, I'm not going to read too much into it because that's going to be thing he's got to have to juggle. Though, would you rather have him in the starting lineup, or would you rather bring a guy off the bench that you know is going to be instant offense if you're starting both Caleb Love and R.J. Davis? I mean, look, yeah, it's. I think either way, you can. It can be successful. I think you've got to feel it out with him. Is he is he the guy that can that thrives in that role as a starter, and can be consistent out of the gate? Or and you'll you'll see it early on, even against some of these mid major opponents. Is he a guy that's just struggling out of the gate? He's not making those types of plays early on, and he looks like a guy that can be a firecracker off the bench. That. There are room for those guys. There are dudes in the NBA that have made their entire career off of being six men off the bench. When they start, they're not as effective, Jamal Crawford. Um, as Nick fans, we know that very, very well. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, it'll be interesting because I, I, I think you've got that storyline and you've got Manic and, and, and Garcia, how you juggle them. So, it'll be, it'll be good. But this is the first time, like last year, there was really no doubt after the first game or two of the season, what the starting lineup needed mm-hmm. to be. You knew, okay, this is set in stone. These are the guys that have to play because, frankly, there's a drop-off behind them. I don't think there's as much drop-off this year. I feel like there is more balance in this uh, in this team. I agree. But also more depth overall. So, uh, you know. It is time to make our predictions according to the BPI from ESPN.com. Carolina has a 92.9% chance to start their season off 1 and 0. God, that's actually kind of low. That's what I kind of thought as well. Um, I'm going to say Carolina wins. Bold. Um, but yeah, you know, look, they're only going to win the ACC, be number 1 seed in the NCAA tournament, potentially make the final four, but beating Loyola to start the season. That's, That's going out on a limb. Um, so I've limb got dangerous. I've got Carolina winning the game to get Hubert Davis to one and zero to get their one hundredth win in their season opener in the history of the program. Is is that how we're doing it? By the way, is we're just predicting predicting the win, win yep. or not? Yep. Predict who wins, Carolina or Loyola. I mean, I I I thought we were going to do it like we've done it the past few years. Um. I mean, yeah. I mean, Carolina's going to win this game. I would be absolutely stunned. It's if hard Carolina to pick lost. scores in basketball because it's. I mean, the games just fluctuate from from the from game to game, and there's not a. I mean, yeah, I, I get. Yeah, there, there's not a line on the game. Like, there's there's nothing. It's Loyola. Is there not a line? There's not one be a on betting line. There's not one on ESPN. There's not one listed. So maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, in the past, we've done it like. I, I'll say this. I think Carolina wins rather comfortably. They win by double digits, yes or no? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I I don't think there's any question. Do they win by triple digits, yes or no? <laughs> Do they reach triple digits? No. I I, I don't. I I'm going to say not no be as that well. Confident, but um, yeah. I I mean, it's it, it'll be more interesting when they get into conference play for sure. Going this way. But yeah, this is a game that Carolina should not have a ton of trouble in. Maybe we're underplaying this team, but I mean, 
you you feel like Carolina is in a good enough spot right now where they can handle this. And I'll say this. This is probably the most confident that I've been in the season opener in three years. Like, I, I mean, of course, they won the season opener against Notre Dame a couple years ago. But and, you needed a, a Herculean effort from Cole Anthony. And in that going into half. that game, first of all, no one thought that Notre Dame was going to have the struggles they've had the last two years. Yeah. They had had too much success beforehand. Um, uh, oh, what was his name? Farrell. You got him. Prentice Hub was still on that roster. You had who the, is still there? He yeah. is still on that uh, roster. Was Mooney the 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 big guy that could step out and hit the threes? Like, I think he was still there. So that team was still good. So you thought in your mind, okay, that's a tough game. Last year, I mean, you felt confident, but you were still like, look, freshman point guard. You're you're talking about two freshman big men that we thought could play big roles, and College of Charleston is a single-digit lead at halftime. Yeah. This game feels like you should be able to come in and kind of run away with it. And I think, maybe this is just me, I think that Hubert Davis wants to prove something coming out of the game. Oh, yeah. So I feel like Carolina, I I, I think, I'm going to be honest, I think they win by more than 20. Mm -hmm. I I think it's a real comfortable win for the Tar Heels in this one. There you go, guys. Both me and Anthony picking a Carolina win to start the 2021-22 season. On to the closing notes of tonight's podcast. Armando Baycott, Caleb Love, and R.J. Davis were named the team captains for Carolina basketball. With Love and Davis being named captains as sophomores, that's the first time that has happened since... My beloved favorite Tar Heel player of all time, Marcus Page, a follow-up on Armando Baycott. He was just named one of the 50 players to the Naismith Award watch list, which is given out to the best player in college basketball on an annual basis. If you, if I didn't mention earlier, I'll mention once again. The game will air at 7 p.m. on ACC Network, not ACC Network Extra, not Bally Sports, not E. ACC Network. You can get it through the Watch ESPN app if you don't have the ACC Network. Um, so that's where you can find the, the the Carolina Loyola game. The last thing is something that we're going to get into more of later in this week. Oh God! Not not oh, not not tonight. God. But Rashad McCants, he has opened his mouth again. What else is new? And. He effectively said that uh, following up Scottie Pippen also opening his mouth again, talking negative about Michael Jordan, who we all know is the greatest basketball player oh, in the history of the sport. God. Rashad McCants said uh, he called him the biggest fraud in sports history. Keep that in the seems, back. Seems pretty credible coming from a guy that the only reason that anybody talks about him now is because he's in the he's in the headlines for saying something controversial. Yep. Keep that in the back of your head. We will revisit this later in the week. By the way, uh, how about him defending Scottie Pippen? Two guys that are trying to stay relevant by saying dumb shit. Okay, I got to bleep that. I'm gonna be honest with you. I- I'm just I'm I'm sick and tired of him, man. I, I am so. 
so done with him. A few years ago, we were ready to welcome him back into the Carolina family. Look, you got to pay your dues. Matt Doherty had to pay his dues. Joseph Forte, who I talked to over the summer, you got to pay your dues. I don't know. Was what? You, I don't think they were quite we, on the we, same level as Roy Williams was ready to like. Okay, look, he's the one member of my first national title team that isn't here when we all get together. It's time to bring the band back together. And then you say this. I mean, and and look, look, everybody has opinions on these types of arguments. But this is just, to me, it it's so obvious that he is saying this just to give himself some sort of clout. And it seems like this is something that is being said out of spite. Yeah. Like it feels like out of me. It feels like there's extra motivation, and I mean, I put it out earlier. Why are we giving this more on a platform? Let this dude go off into the sunset. But it shouldn't shock us because Jason Whitlock gives him the platform, and Jason Whitlock is a bum. Like, there's nothing about you are a complete failure. Nobody cares about your show. You're on FS1. That is the reject of sports talk. No. No, I mean, there's a reason why every person in sports media outside of yourself hates you and everything about your show. It's because you give platforms to a dumbass like this. Good God. Okay. I'm so I'm so done with this dude because no matter like, make up your mind. Are are you actually like, do you want to be part of it? If you don't, no one cares. Like, we're, we're accepting that you don't want to be a part of this. We'll take your banner down and give it to you. And you can do whatever you want with it. But quit this flipping back and forth of one, you know, a couple of years ago you want back in. Now, well, nah, I'm going to say something like this. Now I want to give off that I'm angry. Whatever. I, you I said we were going to get to this Pippen. later in the week. Uh, but you knew this was going to so be just so controversial. That way we can have we'll have an explicit uh, uh, edition of the podcast after because you ju- you just <laughs> you just ruined everything we had going on this great family program yes. that is the Four Corners. Sure, podcast. we will get back to this after the after the after the Loyola game. Um, but just keep this in the back of your head because we will have the audio, we will have the reactions, and then we will tear Rashad McCants a new one. I may also fart into a mic okay. and see if that actually brings a more credible opinion than this. By the way, last thing, Rashad McCants calling people out for being frauds. Hypocritical. He's just yeah. Come on. That's going to go ahead and wrap up this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. Before we let you go, get you guys to the website, HeelToughBlog.com, where we got you covered all the way in the preseason from the basketball season with the backcourt and the frontcourt preview. I carried you through the exhibition game on Friday night. Now it's time for the regular season grind, previews, recaps, any other news and interesting articles around Carolina basketball. We will carry you through from the beginning of the season to the end of the season when Carolina is in is in, in, in what's the final four this year? Uh, it's in New Orleans. Um, Carolina will be competing 
down their football side of things. Carolina picked up a solid win over Wake Forest this weekend. Anthony's got the recap. Stock report. No more trench report throughout the rest of the football season. We'll be getting ready for Pittsburgh as well as Carolina tries to build momentum towards the end of their football season podcast side of things. You know where to find us. We are on the Basketball Podcast Network. Hosting through Megaphone, we're on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, you name it, the Four Corners Podcast is there. Give us a like, review me as the host, review Anthony as and his cussing as the co-host, but most importantly... That's going to be bleeped out, so it ain't going to matter. We want you guys to subscribe, that way every podcast is right there in your podcast library. If you noticed... An uptick in pods the last couple of weeks because we were getting ready for the season. Season mode is typically two to three pods, sometimes four pods a week. Make sure you do subscribe. That way you get podcasts right there in your podcast library. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. I want to thank Anthony for hosting with me once again. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. <laughs>